everybody. Welcome to day seven of Spawn Miss. 12 days leading up to Christmas when Rocky and I are covering the first 12 issues of Spawn. Leading into the new year where we're going to go daily Spawn because I'm crazy. Uh, and I had this idea that we want to read every issue of Spawn in uh, 2022. So <laughs> we'll see how that works out. No promises that we'll get through it, but we're going to give it a try. But meanwhile, we've been going back through these old Spawn issues. They've held up relatively well. Few issues are a little bit of their time. Feel like last issue was that way. This issue is certainly that way. We'll talk about the the details of that um, when we get into the the sort of the meat meaty part of this issue. But that's not to say that they're not enjoyable because uh, you know as much as I thought last issue was a little bit of its time, it was still okay. Um, dialogue heavy as uh, McFarland tends to be with the exposition. Less so in this issue. This issue was just a lot of action. <laughs> as much as it was of its time, of the 90s, and again, we'll get into the reasons why I'm saying that in a minute. There's a reason that the 90s comics were enjoyable. As much as the 90s get a bad rap, there's a, a lot about the 90s to, to sort of admire or, or to enjoy or to look back at least fondly on that era of comics. They were, they were very much escapism almost i would say more of an escape than than comics of today not to say they weren't political comics back then there were um but i don't know there was a ludicrousness there was an insanity the insanity was dialed up to 11 when you talk about 90s comics and you you literally couldn't take them seriously because they were so crazy and i'm talking you know narratively as well as visually you know who's gonna wear 79 pouches and have guns so big that <laughs> defy physics, you know? Um, so, yeah. And and like I said, we'll get into it. I mean, you can see the cover right there if you're watching us on YouTube. Look at all those guns that he's got. Like, that is right out of the 90s. So, yeah. Uh, any, any general thoughts on this one, Rocky? Uh, well, th this issue seven, like I said, this is, this is revenge. This is like the, uh, this is Spawn taking it to the bad guy. And uh, as as I said up here, something that that Todd McFarlane said it, when he as he created Spawn back in the day, he said, you know, Spawn gets to do that which Batman can't, you know, and that is basically kill. I mean, you know, in many ways there are similarities, I suppose you could say, between Al Simmons' moral code and perhaps Bruce Wayne Batman. But at the end of the day, Batman doesn't kill, uh, and but Spawn does because that's Al Simmons' background, and of course, when you give somebody who's a killer, I mean, Al Simmons, you could say, is a killer with a moral code, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, you know, give him, give him the power of the devil, and as as uh, as the devil as the devil told Al Simmons early on, like you know, you're now an enemy of God. You were an atheist once, Al Simmons, but you're you're now an not only is there a God, but you're an enemy of God, and and it's interesting that Al Simmons is, is, you know, sort of ironically making the best of it. And yet, even though he's an enemy of God, one could perhaps argue that he's doing a little bit of God's work by getting rid of scumbags. <laughs> and, and we know who the scumbags are because Todd McFarlane does a really good job of uh, identifying who the bad guys are in this. And uh, in this issue seven, we, we finally get the name uh, you mentioned the name in issue six, but we never actually got the name of the mafioso who wants Spawn dead. And his name is Don Vito Gravano, otherwise known as Dracula, because he sucks his enemies, rumored to suck his enemies dead or something. But yeah. He loves, he lives to suck the power out of everyone. 
that's the line that McFarland writes. So take that for what you will. Um, yeah, so let's dive into the issue. Let me give the credits first because I realize I haven't been giving yeah. the credits for all of these, but it's it's pretty easy. Uh, story, Pencils and Inks by Todd McFarland, Letters by Tom Orzakowski. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Colors are by Steve Olaf, I should say. One other yeah. thing I'll mention, uh, early on the issues are credited to the editor Wanda Kolomajek, which is the maiden name of Todd McFarland's wife. Uh, so that will tell you where the name of Al Simmons' wife comes from, Wanda. What's also interesting is I noticed in issue seven, there's a Terry Fitzgerald that's um, credited as a story consultant. So it must be some friend of McFarland's that maybe actually consulted on the story, bounced ideas off of, probably where the name of Terry, Wanda's husband, comes from in the comic. I don't know that for sure. I'm just uh, I'm just speculating. So um, yeah, if you remember last issue, Spawn got all decked out in guns and pouches and uh, ammunition, and that's how this issue opens up. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the the screen there. Um, and so this is what I mean by okay, let's go '90s, because like Rocky said, this guy's got the power of hell, right? Now, granted, it's a limited power; it's going to run out, and that's sort of the excuse that Al Simmons gives us. Like, okay, I was a hitman. I work for the CIA. What I'm comfortable with working with is guns and ammunition and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I know that I underestimated this overkill guy. So what's going to make me feel comfortable in battle? Let me go back to the tried and true. Let me go get guns and pouches and ammunition and whatnot. But in a way, it's so silly because this guy has, you know, this incredible power that Malabolgia has given him. Now, again... You can think of it, well, he doesn't want to use that power up because it will bring about his second death, but it's still ridiculous when you stop to think about it. So <laughs> as he sort of, you know, think of that coolest montage movie, either a Sylvester Stallone or, or like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando, you know, the yeah. music plays and the heroes strapping on all this weaponry <laughs> as Spawn is doing this. Uh, he's at this army base and, and they realize there's an intruder there and they they want to break in uh, and stop whoever it is. Obviously, they don't know it's Spawn. They don't know he actually has good intentions for these weapons. So Spawn does something here for the first time. He doesn't even know if it'll work, which I just find so interesting. Like, he doesn't want to fight these army guys, right? He's thinking, there but for the grace of God go I. Um, he's ready for action, but this is not the action he wants. Uh, his, his, he, we're told by McFarland, his sights are set on a specific target. Unfortunately, getting to that target involves another drain on his powers. Teleportation. He hasn't even tried it yet. He hopes it will work. Like, how do you, like, is it, Rocky, is it only that we don't know how to teleport that's preventing us from teleporting? Uh, I <laughs> he guess. He hasn't tried it yet. He hopes I, it works. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I know, like, it, uh, it's it sort of, you got to wonder, at this point, uh, as a reader, I'm, I'm wondering are there other powers that he might have too? Like if there's, if it's teleportation and just suddenly does he have telekinesis? Does he have telepathy? Like I remember back in the day wondering that, and I'm still wondering it now because I'm not, I'm not a spawn expert. I mean, I I'm, I'm reading this. I feel like I'm reading this just for a second time. And so, yeah, it does. It maybe lacks a little bit of verisimilitude. It's like, well, you know, he's got the power of, I guess if he's got the power of the devil, I guess the devil can do anything. I guess if the devil can do anything, so can spawn, but it's just going to drain his power. But, 
you know, you mentioned before how there was that there was that there was sort of like almost like a clock that started at nine 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 that that slows the drainage of his power that you put it out to me because I I missed it I didn't realize that's what it was but if he's teleporting here where is the where is the clock that shows the drainage oh there is it there's a few pages later we get yeah it shows yeah. I guess it does show it it it's down to. 8031 from 9999 so i guess i guess yeah the last I, time yeah the last time we saw that clock it was on 8092 so i would think teleporting yeah. would use a lot of power and that's the thing like how does he know like you were saying last episode how does he know how much he has left how does he know like it seems to me teleporting translocation yeah. would use a huge amount of power but apparently it doesn't cuz the clock barely moves or the countdown barely moves, but how does he know? How does he know that's not? I mean, gonna, what happens like, when he takes a piss? Does he lose a point every time he takes a shit? I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> these are the questions yeah, that I ask. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like you could have materialized and been at like zero 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 one, and then you can't do anything. Like, yeah, how do you, I, yeah. I just think it would have been. I mean, again, even when he's not like actively using the power to heal himself or teleport or whatever, he's still like a strong guy. Can he just like jump up through the roof and and? and run off you know I, I don't know it just it seemed really strange like if i'm if i'm al simmons and i've never never teleported before and i'm confronted by these guys i don't want to fight my i don't think my first instinct would be to i'm gonna try to teleport <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean I, I don't know it was just strange and and it's not just that he teleports because here's the thing it's a little ex deus machina right like mcfarlane has written himself into a corner but not really there's all kinds of other ways in Mc, that spawn could have got out of it or or mcfarlane could have just said that spawn escaped through a window right before these guys broke in it, it's almost like he chose to do this so he could show us that he could teleport so then he could draw this little massive goo and talk about his molecules being ripped apart one by one like apparently it's uh it's similar to star trek teleportation molecule by molecule disassembled they're vacuumed and sucked at the speed of light to this preordained location yeah. and then reassembled well, I, I like I like how he reappears in an alley with his with his bum with his bum buddies there. Yeah, I don't. I should I should watch how I say that. I, I don't mean bum buddies as in bum I mean as his friends who are street <laughs> people in an alley. Okay, yeah. they're not actually yeah. bum buddies, but but they think he's drunk because they're all drunk and they're all getting hammered all the time. So there's a little well, bit I of a would, cliche yeah. that all street people are alcoholics, but they think he's they think Spawn is just drunk. <laughs> and well, the one guy. <laughs> Yeah, he rematerializes and he says, holy mother, I think I'm going to puke. And he, he throws up <laughs> because of the translocation, right? So why, yeah. why wouldn't you think yeah. if you're one of the street people, why wouldn't you, you know, if you're a street person and you see somebody else throwing up, yeah. you know, 99 times, 999 times out of a thousand, it's going to be because that person drank or ate something, you know, dug yeah. some food out of a garbage can and ate it and it was bad or they're, yeah, or they're hung over. So, it, and the yeah. one bum sees his face. Says you, you, you know, you look worse than my ex-wife. The one bum says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, he says it's his aunt Mabel. Cripes, kid, you're oh, even yeah. uglier than my aunt Mabel, and she was <laughs> ugly. <And> Spawn <laughs> screams out, "No!" Yeah. Like, really? That's what's going to get you, buddy? Yeah, he actually screams that out for another reason that we'll get to in a second. But Not we do, man. like Rocky said, we do get the countdown there of <laughs> yeah. uh, of of what is left of his power and. You know, he's just chilling with the guns or whatever. The bums, again, they just accept him. Oh, last time I saw you didn't have all these guns and chains or whatever, but all good, man. All good. So then we're back in uh, the tower of Don Vito uh, Gravano, like like Rocky said. And uh, 
Overkill is saying that you know he killed him because again at the end of last issue he thought that he had. Gravano is uh, saying, "Hey, what's going to happen when the the big boss dies? Where are you going to go to work? You know, not not that we'd want that to happen, but such questions need to be asked." And then we flip back to Spawn. And we find out why he was really screaming though, not because he's uglier than Aunt Mabel, but because he's getting uh, another one of these sort of flashbacks and he, he's remembering that he was killed, that he was murdered. But interestingly enough, his murderer, he doesn't see his murderer's body. He sees his murderer just as a skeleton. Hearing all the words that the murderer said, uh, basically the murderer saying, uh, we're at war and uh, there's no room for traitors. Simmons, we're tired of your self-righteous grandstanding. So it, de it definitely sounds like the black bag sort of company that Al Simmons worked for was tired of him like morally questioning the things that they were doing, you know, yeah. as opposed to just blindly following orders. So again, showing that Simmons is, you know, is, is truly righteous and, and, you know, was always on the side of angels, uh, even I, while I, he was killing people. I would add, I think it's showing something more there too, because I find it odd. Like that, that's really weird. Like if you're remembering who actually shot you, why would you remember them as a skeleton? The way I view this, I view this as the devil, being oh, yeah. extra cruel to Al Simmons, like yeah. not allowing him for the not allowing Simmons Al Simmons the memory of who killed him, instead making that that memory a skeleton just to rub it in. Yeah, he's, yeah. showing that's what how I read that. But maybe you know, I just think it's just the devil being an asshole to Al Simmons again. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. It's 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 still Malabolgia messing with his memory. You mm -hmm. know, giving giving just a little bit of memory back. Uh, and then we do flip to to Wanda, and she's having you know issues as well. I wonder if that's Malabolgia putting any, planting any thoughts in her head. Uh, she wakes up and she's screaming, and well, you know she's I, she's she's expressing to Terry that I I think Al was murdered, and he's like, yeah. and Terry's like, we've been down this, we've been down this before, you know, it, it was an accident. He wasn't murdered. He died defending this country. But I'll you know to Terry's credit, he says I'll go and look again. But what is it? What is interesting is is and again, I, I don't remember who was the one that killed Spawn. I'm sure I knew at some point. Read it in an article or something, probably. Um, but being that we get the the memory of Spawn that's that's still altered, or Al Simmons that's still altered, uh, who's ever doing it, and then we immediately get this scene with Wanda and Terry saying, "Oh, I'll I'll look again." It 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 plants the idea, at least it did in my head, that maybe Terry was the one that did it, or or knows, or like Terry may not be the nice guy that best friend of, of Al Simmons that he sort of purported to be always. I don't, I don't know. I just got that. I'm a suspicious of him for some reason because of the sequence of, of the story that McFarlane gives us. With. Well, and he works for the CIA too. Like uh, Terry. Yeah, they were. Yeah. That that's part of the reason they were, yeah. they so were friends. So. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Like, I think that early on it made sense that, you know, you never know, maybe it is the best friend that had to do with it. And, and also, just to build on the fact that Wanda had this dream, it should be pointed out at least. And me, me, what was your impression? I got the impression that her and her and Sha her and Spawn, her and Al Simmons were sharing the same dream that she saw the same dream as he did, or because she saw him being shot. But I, I got the impression that she also shared that same dream and that they were connected because of their love or maybe maybe that's too 90s cliche but i'm just sort of reading into that but that's the impression i got like suddenly she's having these dreams after all this time she hadn't had them for such a long time 
So I, I think I, that's the impression I got, and that, that had an impact on me because I think that's that's actually a compliment to McFarlane here, the way that he's drawing their connections. Because as we move through this issue, you know, Wanda, you know, Wanda begins to have you know think back thinks back to that white guy that visited them in issue three. Uh, and talked about their dog, who was, of course, Al Simmons, of course. He can't come back as a black guy. He's the white guy. So she remembers the white guy who came back and talked to her about her dog. So, But uh, I thought it was well done. I That sort of the way McFarlane is connecting them through the dreams and, and through some suggestion that the that Malabrosia is, Malabrosia is connecting, connecting them through their dreams just to be extra cruel. I didn't assume that. I, I actually don't think that they were having the same dream only because we saw a few issues ago that Wanda woke up in this exact same way, screaming about Al and, you know, don't kill him. Whereas, whereas uh, spawn just, just, just got this memory, you know, as indicated by him screaming out, no, in the alley. And, and, you know, it's another memory bomb that, that has hit him. Um, but she says that it, she didn't think he's killed in action. She doubted that she, he was killed, that somebody had shot him. That, and so, but that, and that's exactly what happened in the dream before the skeleton. Right. But, but again, she's been having these, and it says, it says in the, in the dialogue box right next to where she says, don't kill him. It says it's been five years since her husband's death and she's come to term with that. But the, all of a sudden in the last three weeks, her sleep has been sporadic and she can't start thinking about him and his soul. And she can't hide this stuff from her new husband. And again, it, I think it was issue three where we had a very similar scene to this, where she wakes up in the middle of the night screaming. So she's been having these dreams for three weeks. Spawn just got the memory. So I, I don't necessarily assume that they, that they were have it like spawns, you know, memory bomb right here that went off is, is connected to her dream necessarily. I think she's been having these dreams for a while. It could be, in fact, go the other way, maybe because she's having the dream. Maybe that it that, somehow, that's why Al's having them because it's because yeah, she's yeah. having them. That's a good yeah, point. It could be. Yeah, yeah. Not not to say that maybe she didn't uh, or they didn't have the same vision or what have you, but regardless, she's been having them longer. He he he's getting this for the first time in in this issue. Uh, so after that, uh, Spawn kind of confides in his uh, his friend, and he's saying, "Wow, my my very existence is putting other people in danger." Um, apparently other people wanted to eliminate me back before I was this. Um, and I just can't let them take any more away from me. And, uh, you know, these alleys are ours and we're going to protect them because the homeless guy's like, there's other alleys. If people are coming after you here in these alleys, we'll just move. <laughs> and Spawn's like, no, you guys have befriended me. We're going to defend it. You know, this might be crap, but it's our crap. <laughs> we're going to defend it. So, uh, he then does something that is pretty interesting and I think probably overdue here. You know, I mentioned when he fought Overkill the first time, how his cape and chain seem to get in the way at times. So he actually takes his cape off here. He goes, time to streamline. He takes it off. But what he doesn't realize is the cape apparently is, has some sentience to it because we're told it slithers off after him, after he's removed it. Uh, so on the next page, we get this giant eared guy, uh, where to the point where McFarland talks about the guy having giant ears. Don't know why he bothered, but whatever. I guess he didn't have enough words to meet his quota uh, for all the <laughs> exposition. 
but it's at the the SPCA because Wanda, like Rocky had uh, indicated earlier, is thinking about that white guy. Like this, I was fine living my life peaceful with my husband Terry and my daughter Cyan, and then the strange white guy showed up asking about Al's dog. And ever since then, that's when I've been having these dreams, and I can't get them out of my head. So she goes to the SPCA to ask about this guy. Finds out, well, there's nobody here that that you know fits that description. And so that gets her thinking even more. Well, the guy could be from another SPCA, not in Queens, but then how would he have known about the dog? How would So we're told uh, these are questions that are going to follow uh, Wanda for uh, the rest of the day. So meanwhile, to spawn, uh, he wants to hunt down over to kill and find out where he is. But just so, uh, I just I just want to back up for a sec. The guy she's yeah, talking to at the SPCA, he looks exactly like it's Ross Perot. It's Ross yeah, Perot. He, exactly that, it, like he even Ross mentioned Perot. that. He he looks, it, he has the same ears as Ross Perot. And if you read the dialogue, he even says that people bother him and, and they bug him about his earlobes. And that uh, that's Ross Perot. For, bear in mind, this is in 1992. It was a U.S. election. Ross Perot was in the election. So it's very timely. That's why this was, so the joke, if you're reading it, I mean, it's right, it's right there. So, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't exactly look like Ross Perot, but it, it kind of it's if you maybe a car- maybe a caricature. <laughs> oh, it's hair, definitely a caricature definitely. of Ross yeah. Perot. I mean, yeah, I, but... I I follow Ross Perot all the time because I, I have a billion dollars. If I had a billion dollars, look, we got you got to vote for me. You got to vote for me in the in this election because I'm a, I'm a billionaire and I know how to I know how to run a business and we got to run a country like a business. So you got to vote for me. And you don't vote for Bush and you don't vote for Clinton. You vote for Ross Perot. I remember that. <laughs> Bad imitation, but I remember that. Yeah, I mean, he does mention Ross Pro, but he, yeah, yeah, it could, it very well could, be, very well could be. I'll have to ask Todd that if I ever yeah. get a chance. Uh, anyway, uh, Spawn does again. I hate it when they do. I mean, if that again, I, I didn't assume it was him. I, I could see the resemblance. Obviously, now that you pointed out, you're right. I mean, I did read it and saw that Pro was mentioned. But man, you do that and you just you date the comic so much. You know, you you you're yeah, putting a pin in it and. <laughs> stick it at a certain period in time but yeah. anyway i mean i guess if enough time goes by people don't even know who ross perot is and then it doesn't matter but anyway we're told that spawn goes around taking out low-level uh mafia guys until he finds out who's the one that sent overkill after him he finds out that it's this man named dracula you know the the, the mob boss gravano goes to his building in midtown where gravano sits very securely because nobody's ever gotten past level two of the security, let alone level 12. Spawn obviously is easily able to get there, holds a gun to his head and says, I need your help, fat boy. And then apparently rat-tat-tat-tat-tat and blows up all the building or, you know, takes out walls and windows or whatnot, to which Gravano says, how dramatic. And he says, tell your cyborg flunky I'll be waiting for him at midnight, Emerson Pier. Uh, and then proceeds to go to Emerson Pier and, and wait for uh, Overkill. And then during the battle, I mean, there's yeah, there's not really much to say about the battle other than McFarlane is pretty cliche here. Yeah. You know, he uses the word terminated. He's a cyborg, you know. Um, they trade some insults that are worthy of any seven-year-old. You look like crap. The smelly oozy kind. Oozy kind. I'm like, wait, really? I'm going to stomp you so I can scrape you off my boot like a piece of turd. Yeah. Um, 
And then all it takes, it's a very anticlimactic battle, all it takes is for a spawn to, to eventually just kind of uh, unsling his biggest gun and fire at overkill and blast a hole in him and just, he's dead. Like, that's it. It's over. Um, yeah, it, it and and <laughs> it's kind of strange. McFarlane does it sideways on the on the page too. So you got to turn your comic sideways to get the full effect. And then we have uh, the wreckage of Overkill and X Pain saying malfunction, 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 uh, and you know Spawn in his um, best Arnold Schwarzenegger one liner. So who's laughing now? <laughs> and uh, and that's the end of Overkill. And uh, pretty much the end of uh, of the comic as he he sets what's what does he say he sets an electromagnetic bomb that will explode and it won't leave any evidence behind and then he slips away into the night thinking about his home in the alley and how he can now curl up behind some rusty dumpster for a well deserved night's sleep. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's funny because it was this 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 fight scene was th was disappointing. I mean, it was it was beautifully illustrated at the time. You know why? Well, it still is. It's 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 nice. But he he just he just basically shoots him to death, and the cyborg's yep. eyeballs pop out, and his limbs and all his mechanical limbs, everything pops out. I mean, I, there's one scene where Spawn is literally actually throws the cyborg like over Kill's face right over his shoulder, like he's literally skinned. What you know, because there wasn't a lot of most of overkill as a cyborg, but the part of him that is human is his face. But it, the skin of his face with one eyeball is sloped, is, is, is literally hanging off Spawn's shoulder. I mean, he completely decimated and killed this guy, and in only in like three or four pages. And it's just interesting to sort of when you when you think about how this scene would play out now if it was in a modern day sort of with the modern day narrative, this would have, this would have been, this would have been a battle scene over two issues, I'm sure. And it would have had a more, uh, it would have been, it would have been choreographed, I'm sure much differently than it was back then. But it was just, uh, you know, it, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because you know what? I mean, how, how often do I, I mean, I know I personally have bitched about stories being dragged on, you know, like too much decompression. Let's just finish the story. This this actually finishes the story. This is, I mean, hey, Spawn takes him out. Why do we need a full issue of uh, of a fight scene? This it takes. Why not just have three or four pages instead of three or four issues, right? So, in in a way, that that's why I'm enjoying reading this because it's a nice callback. And you know, it's funny. I still remember bits and pieces of this narrative, and I would not necessarily have remembered remembered it more if it would have dragged on for another issue. So. It's, a, it's an interesting dichotomy between the modern and the, and, and the early 90s take on this stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure what it says about Spawn that, you know, and again, he was holding back because he underestimated Overkill and he's still reluctant to use up his energy. Uh, but he got his butt kicked on the first fight. And then this one, you know, it's he's never really threatened and it just takes him unslinging his big gun. Uh, and I guess sort of in a way reinforces Simmons idea that yeah, the, the answer is for me to have guns and carry guns around, even though I have all these supernatural powers. So again, maybe that plays in a little bit with street-level villains like the mob that he's going up against. Uh, but that is the most 90s thing about these two issues, oh, just yeah. the fact that he, he's decked out the entire time with all these guns. And maybe it's no um, no coincidence that this issue 7 is is dedicated to Rob Liefeld, you know, king well, of I the giant gun. Yeah, no, and, and I should also say that because I mentioned before how 
all of villains so far in, in issues one through seven here, all of villains have shit eating grins on their faces. They're always smiling at the great big grins. And here, after, when Spawn kills Overkill, he's got the same shit eating grin on his face. He's got a great big grin on his face as he's dro drooping Overkill's facial skin over his shoulder. As Spawn is smiling uh, with a shit eating grin from ear to ear with great big white teeth as well. So, uh, you know, this is definitely, I think, from an artistic point of view, McFarlane is is drawing Spawn's Spawn's darker side here, and the irony is, is that it's Spawn using no no superpowers. He's just it's the human side of Spawn, just using his his the 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 skills that he possesses. Al Simmons were the skills that he relied upon to take out overt kill here, and I think that I like the metaphor of that. I like the symbolism of that. It's 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 the human side that's just as evil. He, he's just as capable of uh, accessing his dark side when he uses no power as Spawn as when he when he when he does use power. So I think that's that's quite telling in and of itself. I, I'm sorry, I'm not hearing you. Oh, oh sorry, I didn't realize I was muted. Um, yeah, the other thing I, I wonder about when in terms of this giant smile from from spawn because typically he has his mask on and you wouldn't see it but of course in the course of the battle uh he pulls his mask off to show overkill how scarred he is um and i just wonder you know the pop popularity of venom at this time with the that's where mcfarland probably first did the <laughs> the giant smiley sort of menacing thing that he keeps doing in in spawn so yeah uh, yeah so i guess we'll see uh yeah, so next time we're going to talk about issue eight, obviously, uh, on day eight of Spawn Mist, which I, I find interesting. We're we're not even through the first year, and McFarlane already gets uh, somebody to pinch hit as a writer. But it's, you know, somebody who's considered maybe the greatest writer of comics in modern comics history. It's Alan Moore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a lot less exposition less next issue. We'll We'll just leave it at that, so. Uh, anyway, that's it for this issue. Anything else you want to add, Rocky? Uh, no. I, uh, you know, like I said, so far, so good. I mean, seven issues in, I, seven issues in, I, it's easy for me to see why Spawn was as popular as it was. We got a lot. We got a great story. We got a great story in seven issues. Uh, you know, we got, we got to meet Al Simmons. We, we know everything. We know so, all we need to know about him. We know his moral code. We know we know some of his angst. We know his pain. We know his family. We, we know essentially his origin. We know what his obstacle is that he has to overcome. And we know the hero. We got hints of the hero's journey that this character is going to take. And we're just at issue seven. And of course, because we know, because we're going to be trying to review over the 300 issues, it's very interesting that this hero's journey, where is this hero's journey going to take us? I got to tell you, I actually have no idea. I've never really followed Spawn and I've always followed the big two. So I'm actually curious and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see because we're going to be following the progression of this character through, good Lord, 300 issues. I mean, through 30 years, man, we, we, we got our work ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Don't forget to head over to YouTube. Do a search for Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point. That's Rocky's channel. Be sure you subscribe, ring that notification bell, and like this video. 
uh, if you're checking us out on YouTube and you haven't subscribed to the audio podcast, be sure you head over to your favorite podcasting app or platform. Just do a search for the comic source and subscribe so you don't miss any of our audio content. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.